0: not to follow politics too closely. I don't care enough about the everyday ins and outs of campaigns and polls and what the mainstream media talking points are and each news cycle. It's a bit much. It's boring, actually. And I don't know how important it is to know every little detail about every single thing. Let's face it, it's definitely not important. Some things are. Some candidacies and presidential elections do turn on some insider political drama. And that stuff can be worth noting and studying. And this year, in 2020, it is an interesting election that we're facing in the U.S. Donald Trump will face off against Joe Biden in November. I'm recording this in September, and I'm kind of one of these casual, left-leaning people resting on my laurels, or the laurels of a rational society, as it were, assuming that Joe Biden will win easily. And I know that that's dangerous. I felt the same way about Hillary in 2016, and I was devastated, I was shocked when she lost to Trump. So, of course, it can happen, <clears throat> and it can happen again. So I think we have to worry about that and be diligent to make sure that he's defeated. But what does that mean? I suppose it means we have to get out the vote. We have to rock the vote. We have to turn up. We have to show up. All the usual platitudes we hear every four years, and I think it's true. America under votes. The number one vote getter in the last election was no one showing up. <laughs> the majority of people in the states cast no vote at all. Um, after that, Hillary had the, plur- the popular vote and Trump was only supported by like 16% of the country. So let's keep that in mind. It wouldn't take too much to vote him out of office if enough Democrats and left-leaning people show up. But it's not just about showing up. It's about showing up in the Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, Florida, Pennsylvania, I guess. These swing states, these are the votes that matter because of the stupid, ridiculous electoral college system that we have. As a New York registered voter, my vote certainly doesn't matter. New York is blue. It's represented by blue uh, superdelegates who will cast their votes for Biden. Definitely. And... The majority of New Yorkers are Democratic. That's not changing anytime soon. So I personally don't feel a need to vote, and I especially don't feel compelled to vote for Joe Biden, given the candidate that he is. I would love to vote for Bernie Sanders, as I did in the 2016 primary. I would love to vote for Andrew Yang, my Democratic candidate of choice in 2020. Yang ran on a universal basic income platform until he was defeated or rather suspended his campaign. So that's kind of how I stand. And I'm in this tricky position of advocating for my friends, acquaintances, colleagues, et cetera, in the States to vote for Biden, but advocating mildly because Joe Biden is not an amazing candidate even though I think he's kind of a cool guy. I liked his bromance with Obama. He's very flawed, and the whole system is super flawed. The Democrats kind of suck. Not as bad as Republicans. But it is hard for me to personally feel invested and supportive of the party at the moment. And of politics in general, it's easy to feel apathetic and disillusioned. So I want to go into that today and hit some major points, starting perhaps with a recent event. Joe Biden recently gave a speech at something about a Hispanic Heritage Month rally or event. I'm going to play a sound clip. This is him at the podium reaching for his phone. I just have one thing to say. Hang on, here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I tell, <laughs> tell you what if I had the talent of any one of these people I'd be I'd be elected president by acclamation <laughs> Oh man so much wrong with this I mean he doesn't have the song queued up right away uh I only have one thing to say here's a song that everybody should love it is a good song desposito definitely a A mega hit for a reason I think we can all agree but he awkwardly plays the song he has the the mild support of the sweet moderator nearby to dance because he's just kind of standing there stiffly smiling strangely um he just plays what he thinks the audience wants to hear he plays to the crowd I guess that's not unusual for a politician but it's especially embarrassing to see the democratic party ander so much to these constituents, this group of people that is lumped together as a voting block based on their ethnicity. They're Hispanic. desposito comes from Puerto Rico so it has to work, right? I mean it's so off-putting to me. almost racist, frankly, uh, I don't want to actually use that pejorative because I know it's a overused cudgel at this point, but the way he describes it, like if I had the talent of any one of these people, like Hispanics or Latin Americans are naturally musically gifted or something like that, I mean, he has goodwill. I give people the benefit of the doubt he's being... Uh, A bit obtuse, a bit senile. He can barely finish his sentence, which I find worrisome. Um, He's old, and he's a bit out of touch, which is, I suppose, true for the whole Democratic and Republican Party, both of them, and everyone in them, it seems like. But I really resent the identity politics. Surprise, surprise. I think it's really inappropriate to... Pander to constituencies and voting blocks in in this way, as if all Latin Americans think the same and feel the same. I mean, plenty of them are conservative, and to do that with Black people as well. Here's another sound clip that you might be familiar with. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I will. A, it's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I would love to see you. Take a, a look party. at my record, man. I extended the voting racks 25 years. So, yeah, you ain't black if you don't automatically vote for the Democratic candidate. You ain't Latino if you don't love the song Desposito and automatically vote Democratic because they're a little nicer about immigration policies. How could you possibly think anything conservative slash Republican if you're Black or Latino? How could you possibly be against abortion? Biden and the Democratic Party group people based on their identities and assumes that he should have your vote because of it, as if all Black people should vote the same. Due to their skin color. I find this a ridiculous idea. I just find it absolutely preposterous that somebody with darker complexion can't somehow uh, have the policy and agenda beliefs of a conservative. I mean, that's just preposterous, especially when you consider that religion is higher among minority groups and communities. So that Latin Americans and black Americans are more Christian and have more Christian values in plenty communities than white people do. So I think it's dangerous that Biden tries to run on that. Now, the Democratic Party traditionally has always kind of segmented the population into various groups such as workers, students, retirees, minimum wage workers, labor unions, teachers, firemen, police officers, steel workers, construction workers, etc. Some of these groups make sense, definitely more sense than race or gender. Hillary, by the way, ran on being a woman, need I remind you? And as such, plenty of women blame blame sexism for her loss because she made it about her gender. I think most reasonable people would rather not focus on gender or race when considering a leader. Quite frankly, these have nothing to do with leadership. So I would be more interested in hearing Biden and the Democrats generally speaking to pensioners and retirees to ensure uh, social security and Medicaid and, speaking to students and recent graduates about tuition and loans and maybe something like a debt forgiveness. That would be very interesting to me. I would like to hear something more about health care, universal health care, a system that we can buy into for our lives and be ensured the safety of our health that a hospital bill won't bankrupt us and that will be covered even if we're between jobs. Why aren't Democrats talking about that? I find it strange. I find it weird. And look, maybe they are. Maybe they are. Maybe that's what he went into in his speech after Desposito. <laughs> or maybe he mentioned it in that podcast with the host that sounded much smarter than him asking for quantifiable points that would help his community. And apparently Biden didn't give him any of that because it seems that Biden uh, surfs on platitudes like so many politicians do. It's kind of in a politician's blood, I suppose, to do that. Kamala Harris, as VP, is no exception. Picked for quite evident reasons, it would seem, being black as well as indigenous, as well as a woman. But maybe that's cynical of me. In any case, it doesn't seem that either of them have too much of a really strong moral compass or something like true stalwart beliefs the way that Bernie Sanders or Ralph Nader have had in my lifetime. People I've actually admired for standing up for true values. But maybe idealism is too much to ask for in a presidential candidate. It's hard to say that having lived through Obama and viewing the pure joy and jubilation that he brought. But I'm happy to accept an extremely <laughs> boring president, a competent leader who knows how to simply get things done in Washington, D.C., who knows the right kind of people, who can make rational, informed decisions. And I hope Biden is that. I'd be very happy with such a person as president. But there is another quality about Joe Biden that makes him an undesirable or less desirable candidate. And that's how he is as a man. A creepy, dirty old man. Uncle Joe. The borderline child molester, if I can say it. I probably can't given that videos, video proof of him awkwardly groping young girls have been scrubbed from the internet. There have been many super cuts and video footage of him on C-SPAN in group photos posing as close as he can to young girls and touching them and whispering in their ear and touching their faces. Very weird and very disturbing. I mean, nothing criminal, nothing illegal, nothing that i would call the police over but if i was the parent of such a child i'd probably keep her away from him (laughs) and if it's as far as it goes i mean it's just a little weird and socially inappropriate and that's not a crime it's not the end of the world but it's a bit hypocritical isn't it for the democratic left to go after donald trump so strongly for his locker room talk, in quotes, his um, quite vile commentary about women, to hound Trump for his behavior toward adult women and perhaps underage women with uh, Jeffrey Epstein, of which we don't know nearly enough about and which I would love to know more about, all of that. It's a little strange that the left is so quiet and complicit in the behavior of Joe Biden. This is not my cause. I don't care to die on this sword. But I want to analyze this a little bit to compare and contrast and to study all of this, especially given the Me Too movement. You know, Trump is accused of so much misogyny and violence against women for... I think just one comment about how he grabs women when in power he has this air about him when he walks backstage of a pageant he owns or runs or funds or something and how he can just touch women how he wants. I mean, look, this is a disgusting comment, but there's video evidence of Joe Biden touching children inappropriately again and again. So it's extremely hypocritical from what I can tell that the left doesn't care about that. To me, neither seem criminal per se. They seem disturbing. But um, I don't personally choose my elected officials based on their sexual proclivities. So they're not deal breakers in either case for me. But they show something of character, don't they? And just as much as it showed Trump to be a slimy guy who I wouldn't really want to be buddies with I feel similar about Biden at this point, and I worry about him as this grandfather figure who has less wherewithal, less sensible, less less of his senses, who, I mean, who knows what he's going to do around whom, let alone what he'll say. So that seems a little frightening to me. Now, I just have to put that on record because I, I don't know i feel i would feel irresponsible not to say that, but it's not going to uh res- <clears throat> how do i want to say this? I do respect him less as a man, but if it is only what I see in video, which is making kids uncomfortable in public group situations, that's awkward and embarrassing and weird and You know, the kind of thing we could make quiet comments to one another, whispers about at the parties or whatever. But they're not reasons to, you know, punish him, arrest him, suspend a campaign, vote against him. Like, I'm not trying to say anything like that. But I think it's funny that Democrats look the other way there and that they also look the other way regarding race and bigotry. They make such a big deal out of the apparent racism and bigotry of Republicans and Trump specifically, but don't seem to notice it within themselves. And this is written about, it's written about by the woke media as well as uh, more thoughtful uh, journalists, how even a well intentioned, you know, suburban white person actually practices plenty of racism herself. Robin DiAngelo has gotten rich by writing about that. And I see it in somebody like Joe Biden or a casual Democratic voter that thinks of those people, you know, Hispanics, all loving Desposito, those people, black people, all wanting government handouts and welfare. Therefore, they'll vote Democratic You know, I mean, the Democrats just do this across the board. We're pro-choice because women are all loose and need abortions all the time. You know, it's almost like that. Students just are irresponsible. So they just need the money from whatever. Like, there's some amount of this that I really despise in the Democratic left. I've always voted with them. Or rather, I've never, that's not true. I voted third party very often. Because, as I explained, being registered in New York, it hasn't been that worthwhile for me to vote literally for the Democratic candidate. I did vote for Obama at least one of those times. I was very happy to do that. But in general, I've voted Green or some other leftist party. And I just don't like the way the Democratic Party is run and operated. It's operated just as vilely and Yeah, it's corrupt. It feels corrupt to me. And I just want to point out these moral inconsistencies. And that's why people get so disillusioned and apathetic about politics. It really is the lesser of two evils, isn't it? This is my lackluster endorsements of Joe Biden for president. And I do want to just mention the two main reasons why I want him to win. He's less corrupt, and he's more competent than Donald Trump. And that's all it will take for me to support him. He's apparently less corrupt. I don't actually know. He's a lifelong politician. But that's not such a bad thing. I think that actually demonstrates his competence. He knows how the system works. And he doesn't seem to be totally bought out by corporations and special interests the way that certain people in politics do, like Mitch McConnell, for instance, and plenty of other Republican congressmen and women, he doesn't seem corrupt as much, not as much as Hillary Clinton even. And he definitely seems competent, or at least has been competent in his political career. That is under question now with his age but I think he still has a decent compass within him. I don't know how moral that compass is, but I think he generally knows how to steer the ship or at least can appoint good people nearby <laughs> in his in the same room as him to steer the ship. And that's it. That's the reason why he should be president. That's the reason why I think he will be. And if he does lose, I'm curious what, the people will say that blame Hillary's gender on her loss. Here we have a man of the same political party. So I guess he'll win, right? Because he's not a woman. And that's the reason she lost, right? My suspicion, again, is that the playing of... The playing to the woke crowd in the far left of identity politics is what really costs Democrats and if they just stuck to their guns about um, working families, normal average workers in America, um, that were all inclusive together, fighting for general, you know, uh, middle class values and prosperity. That's it. That's all you have to talk about. Those things. And those can apply to every single kind of person, except the hyper-rich. And if you just keep on those talking points to every crowd, you can win easily. (laughs) But instead, we see Democrats excusing Antifa and rioters. You see Democrats bending over backwards to support Black Lives Matter, along with all the corporations, as if there's anything special or radical about doing that. You have very little actually being said about how to improve the lives of the underprivileged. You have very little being said about the value that policing brings to communities that actually do want it. Uh, Kamala Harris is especially hypocritical about that, given that she has indeed gone on record as tough on crime in the past And now she's kind of pandering to the anti-police crowd today, thinking that that'll get her the votes. And I just, I'm skeptical of all that. I'm very skeptical. I think it's very dangerous to be so morally wishy-washy and inconsistent. That hypocrisy is a failing policy. It's a bad look. So cut it out, Democrats. Stay on point. Talk about healthcare, education, um, the economy, and brotherhood and sisterhood and inclusiveness, please. And maybe you are. I'm going to end on this point. Maybe you are doing that. Maybe those speeches that I have just cherry-picked sound clips out of do go into all this kind of stuff. I hope they do, in which case I blame media of which I'm very minorly a part with this podcast, but I blame the mainstream news cycle and narrative building of focusing on these kind of things. I'm analyzing it, but I could be accused of also focusing on them. I'm not doing this episode about universal health care or universal basic income or a really sensible immigration policy or foreign policy, and I could be doing that. But instead, I'm just trying to critique the way that Joe Biden is functioning as a candidate in the media and how it looks to me, at least, and why I'm just not very excited. But I am excited about Trump leaving office. I'm not too afraid of him pulling some crazy shit and staying I don't actually think he wants to stay. I think he's happy to take an out so long as he can somewhat save face, avoid prison, and make money and keep a fan base. I think that's what he's interested in doing. And he'll happily let someone like Joe Biden take the job, which does not look fun. It's plenty stressful and difficult, especially in times like these. So... Yeah, it's time to get real and focus on real issues. I'll get back to real issues myself in the next episode. So I'll leave it there. Until then, ciao.